Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Here's our fake ad. Today's show is brought to you by Crop Tops. Love the feeling of wind against your belly button? Want to pay full price for half a shirt? Buy a crop top today. If you're an advertiser and you want to work with us, contact us at fyi at she'sallfatpod.com. Thank you. And if anyone ever finds this diary and reads it and comes to the conclusion that I'm crazy, they'd be spot on. Sophie. I'm April, and this is She's All Fat, the podcast for body positivity, radical self-love, and chill vibes only. This week, we'll discuss My Mad Fat Diary, graphic novels, and magical unicorns from planet Jupiter. Okay, April, tell me, what are you obsessed with this week? This week, I'm obsessed with Strangers, that Facebook show I told you about. Oh yeah, I haven't watched it yet still. It's really good. Okay, so for listeners at home, Facebook is getting into original programming because everybody wants to be the Regina George of original programming. And like, you can't, you can't sit with us like programming wise, but it is produced by Refinery29 and directed by this guy, Jesse Peretz, who did a lot of episodes of Girls. So it's cool. It's about this young Asian American woman who late in life, like in her thirties, realizes she's bi and she cheats on her boyfriend with a lady and then breaks up with him and then is trying to figure out what's going on. Oh my gosh. I'm super excited about the show because I always think I have more to learn as far as human sexuality is just a straight girl from Minnesota, you know? Mm-hmm. So I love media about this stuff. So I like the show Strangers. If you guys want to see a show about a lady trying to figure out how her sexuality works and also the game of the show is that since she left her boyfriend, she has to Airbnb out her spare room for money mm-hmm. and so all these people come in. Some of them teach her about herself. She sleeps with some of them. It's cool. Yeah, it reminds me of High Maintenance. If you guys have watched that with a new character every week, you figure out their deal. I like stuff like that. So I'm obsessed with strangers on Facebook. What are you obsessed with? Okay, so I was sick all week. (laughs) So I didn't have any time to do good, cool exploration. Literally twice this week after you left, I went to go read in bed and my boyfriend walked in the room and was like, are you just staring into space? And I was like, (laughs) huh? Like... (laughs) Last night, I finally felt a little better, so I tried to take a nice bath, and I got in the bath with a book, and again, was just like, I'm just staring. Like, I can't do anything. Oh, so, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, that's from being sick, but also, like, sometimes I get word fatigue when I'm doing too much work. Mm. A lot of times, reading for me is a very restorative and 
contemplative time. It helps refill me at the end of a day and it gives you more ideas. But sometimes if I'm doing too much, if I'm working too hard on word stuff and I don't always want to read at the end of the day, what I've been doing is my friend Emma gave me some book recommendations and I have been reading some graphic novels. She's an illustrator and a writer and she let me borrow her book called Anya's Ghost. It's by Vera Brosgol. You can see the post on my Instagram for a longer review, but it's really cute. It's about a girl who is in high school. She's walking home from school and she falls into a well and then there's a ghost down there of like someone else who fell down there and died and she gets rescued and then the ghost comes home with her and there's like a series of twists and turns. I was genuinely surprised by what happened. Were you scared? It sounds kind of scary. It's not scary. It's a weird coming of age slash she learns about herself and then it gets a little bit scary but not for reasons you'd think and then turns out great. It's good. Mm. It's really cute. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so I just finished Anya's Ghost and I really enjoyed it. Now I'm starting... Something new by Lucy Nisley. And then I'm also enjoying this visual collection of the drawings in the diary of Frida Kahlo. Which is cool and trippy. It's not like a narrative. It's just the stuff she would draw or scrapbook in her journal. And that's really fun and inspiring. And then also I found myself enjoying looking back at the saved images on my Instagram I like looking back and noticing if there's any patterns on the things that are catching my eye, seeing if there's any kind of trends I can pull together. It's the beginning of October, so I noticed in the last couple of days, a lot of people I follow on Instagram are doing Inktober. Have you seen this? What's it's that? like artists do one drawing every day in October. Mm-hmm. I just saw a funny tweet about it that was like, artists do inktober and they're like look at my cute drawing every day and then writers do nano remo and and everyone's like i'm gonna kill myself like every moment (laughs) oh my god yeah so that's what i'm obsessed with this week images instead of words that's it i prefer images words are too hard being an intellectual is overrated agree So now we're going to thank some people who have reviewed us on Apple Podcasts. Um, And just a reminder, you guys should do that, too, if you're cool. And if you want to shout out, mostly if you're cool. Um, This week, we want to thank Jesse, AVL Mama One, and Happiness Inside for leaving us a review. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys so much. And this week for our Patreon shout outs, we want to shout out Melanie Walters, Grace Hammonds, Sophie Hagen, and last, but certainly not least, Tennyson, my sister's boyfriend. We've had a couple audio issues and he's really helped us out. Thank you so much, Tennyson, for Thank your support you. on Patreon and in real life. We should really get to the meat of it, don't you think? Yeah, let's get through it. The meat of it. This week on The Meat of It, we're hosting the very first Fatty Film School. We're talking about the British television series My Mad Fat Diary. Dear Diary, I'm 16, I weigh 16 and a half stone, and I live in Lincolnshire. My interests include music, vegging out and finding a fit boy, don't scratch that, any boy, to quench my ever-growing horn. Unfortunately... I already have a lover that makes me look pregnant. Food. April, you had the idea for Fatty Film School. Explain what we're doing. Okay, so I love popular culture. I love media stuff. And I think it would be a cool idea on the show to pick different depictions of fatness and 
kind of talk about it and recap it on our little pod. So I thought of my Mad Fat Diary because it has fat in the title. (laughs) Very good. And also because I love this show. So I thought this would be a perfect first fatty film school for us to dive into the show that I'm sure many of you have never heard of if you're not either cool or British or both. Yeah. Um, I'm cool. So that's why I knew about it. So I watched my Mad Fat Diary on your recommendation last year. When the podcast was but a twinkle in your eye. Oh my, it was not even a twinkle. (laughs) (laughs) And I really loved it. It's such a cute little show. It was made only a couple years ago. And it is about a girl named Ray who lives in Lincolnshire. And it's very British. So let's get into talking about it. So my Mad Fat Diary is actually based off the memoir of a real woman named Ray Earl about her struggles with mental health and body image stuff when she was a teenager in Lincolnshire in the early 90s. So based off this memoir, I honestly think that most media based off of books and or memoirs is better because you already have a long form narrative to base the TV show off of um, tends to be better. So we're just going to go through the pilot. So if you guys would like to watch along with us, pause right now, go to Hulu, if you have Hulu Plus, and type in My Mad Fat Diary and watch the pilot episode. Or you can just listen along if you have no intention of watching it. We're going to try to walk you through it. But you should watch it. But you should watch it. It's good. You like it. Especially if you are supportive of media about and starring fat people. So brief summary of the pilot. It starts with... Ray, a girl in her high school years, it's her first week out of inpatient treatment for binge eating disorder. The episode opens and closes with her first session with her new therapist who is introduced to her and to us with bird shit on his head. It's that kind of show. It's hilarious. It's good. So he asks her how her week went and then we see the whole week. So let's talk about Ray for a little bit. I love Ray. She's such a funny little spiky defensive thing oh yeah i I love her because the show does a really good job of showing her interior life outside she's kind of shy she's really insecure inside she's a horn dog she loves punk rock music she loves boys she has such a vivid imagination and we get to see so much of that in the show yes i have so much fun with it she's truly trying her best even though she's so anxious and she just wants to be liked and she wants to do well and she wants to succeed and have friends and she's just so relatable through all of it even when she has this very particular set of circumstances and as you mentioned she is horny as hell so Mm -hmm. here's a clip compilation from just the pilot hi dr nick kassar expert moistener of lady gardens i want to eat his face i'm hachi hi hachi I had shag him until there was nothing left. Just a pair of glasses and a damp patch. I want to do 14,000 romances on him. Oh my God, even his spots were really sexy. Two words, Gushington Central. Ray leaves the inpatient treatment and she's afraid to face the outside world. It can be from what I understand. I have a lot of friends who have done inpatient treatment. I've never done inpatient treatment myself, although I do have a history of disordered eating. She 
leaves treatment and she's kind of afraid to face the outside world, which I see as a pretty realistic portrayal of what it's like to go from an environment where you're totally focused on your mental health to a world that's not focused on it at all. Mm -hmm. She leaves. She calls her best friend on the inside whose nickname is Tix, immediately after walking out the door and she's worried she can't do it. She has to go home with her unreliable mom, who, since she's been away, has shacked up with Kareem, a Tunisian man who can't speak English, who's running from immigration services, and Kareem and her mom have loud sex in the room next to her. So, like, not the best home life. No, not at all. And not a close relationship. Soon she gets in the car with her mom, there's clearly some tension, there's a little yeah. animosity going on. Yeah, Ray and her mom's relationship, I think, is one of the best portrayed relationships in the show. It goes up and down throughout the first season, and her mom just clearly loves her, but doesn't get her, and tries to prioritize her, but has her own shit going on. Mm-hmm. Her mom is always saying to her, you talk more random than duck shite sometimes, which is a weird ass way to say, I don't get you. Yeah, but like you're weird. Yeah, yeah. She, could, she could find another way. I also think what's interesting in that relationship is it's clear her mom has, it has not occurred to her yet that her behaviors have influenced her daughter. Yeah, and a lot so of moms like, don't get that. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like as soon as she walks into the house, there's this huge snack closet that has all the snacks that clearly Ray has previously binged on and her mom just like leaves it out but then she talks about how she's on a diet she's on the alphabet diet and then Ray tries to convince her to break her diet and it's a toxic relationship a little bit. For sure. Yeah. Yeah later on in this episode there's these cute little flashbacks to different points in Ray's life and one of them is the top three meanest things she's ever said to her mom and they are really mean Mm -hmm. like she says she told her mom that the way that she acted made her dad or her mom's husband leave. And then she said, I've got the biggest screw up in the history of screw ups as parents and blames her mom for her, quote, going mental and ending up in this inpatient treatment, which is obviously like a super mean thing to say, but they just don't communicate super well. And Ray lashes out in a very 16 year old way. And her mom doesn't have the maturity either to sit down with her and be like, listen, let's work on our relationship. Mm -hmm. But she does try to be kind to her in her own way. Like at one point later, Ray's trying to sneak out and she falls to the ground and cuts her hand open and her mom is kind to her and helps her bandage her hand and then tells her she loves her or whatever. Yeah, I think they're both just trying their best. I think her mom has a little bit of delayed adolescence. Like her mom kind of wants to like be free and have this wild and sexy relationship. And then she's like, oh, yeah, I have a kid who needs me. Yeah. And not not that she's a burden, but she's just kind of like, I don't know what to do with you. Yeah. Which, again, feels accurate to a lot of people's relationships. Not my mom. My mom's a good mom. Yeah, my mom's a good mom. My mom's a good mom. I had a good mom, too. Love you, mommy. (laughs) You're my world. You're my whole heart. Yeah, it definitely doesn't portray her mom as a villain. Mm -mm. It's just an unflinching look at her being like, she's kind of fucked up too. She definitely has affected Ray and Ray is not nice to her. No, not at all. So the plot of the pilot is that Ray spends most of this first week out of inpatient treatment trying to ingratiate herself into the new friend group of her old best friend, who we know immediately upon meeting her. I wonder if thin people know this too, but we know immediately that she's an untrustworthy thin bitch. Yes. She has her midriff out. She has a denim mini skirt on. She's flicking her hair all over and she's Uh like, oh, we just forgot to invite you. Like one of those friends, like you should have come. And it's like, I should have come. You didn't tell me that friend. (laughs) The first thing her mom says when she sees this girl, Chloe is, oh, she's blossomed. And Ray is like, how dare you? Look, She got B cups. Congrats on your B cups, Chloe. We're all doing our best. Um, You know, Chloe is also doing her best she is clearly a girl right at that point where she has grown up a little bit 
gotten a body that was getting attention from men. It feels like she's in control of it and feels like she has some power and hasn't really thought through how to be a good friend or how she wants to be a friend to Ray. Or not sure if that even is going to be a value for her as a yeah. person. Like, I don't think she's like, how do I do better? I think she's like, I look cute today. Yeah, well, she's when, 15. It, yeah, exactly. She's a cute 15 year old girl who like, gets attention. I yeah, I get it. But because we're seeing this through Ray's eyes, I'm like, Chloe could fuck up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she clearly wants to be popular when later on in the episode, she says to Ray, you don't want people to think you're weird, do you? Which is a big pressure point for Ray already. She wants so much to just be seen as normal. She feels so out of place in so many ways. But Ray does have kind of an in and out relationship with Chloe and tries to be friends with her. I don't want to spoil anything later in the season, but Chloe is an interesting character. She's, like, she's complicated. Chloe. That's the thing that I think is special about this show is that Chloe isn't Regina George. No, it doesn't condemn her. And it's also not a simplistic kind of misogynist portrayal of her either. Yeah. She's like, yeah, sometimes 15 year old girls are kind of shitty because they're figuring out how to relate to each other and boys and the world with their bodies, basically. Yeah, we get to see there's lots of episodes dedicated to her perspective, too, which I appreciate. It's like she's not just selfish, skinny bitch. She's just like, I don't know how to be a person yet because I was born 15 years ago. I totally remember feeling that way when I was a fat teenager seeing friends who were like, oh, they got tall and thin and got boobs this summer. And was like, great. <laughs> oh my God. Cool. Meanwhile, I'm up at the Lane Bryant getting my high-waisted briefs with my mother. Right. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> exactly. I'm like walking past the Limited 2, oh, like man. longingly looking in. Oh man, the Lizzie yeah. McGuire line. <laughs> I could not fit in. <laughs> no, me neither. Okay, so there's three main social events in this episode. The first is the first pub night that Chloe invites Ray to, where Ray goes and she meets the whole gang. So this is what I've worked out so far about the gang. There's Chloe, who's like my oldest friend. We kind of grew apart over the last year. I guess I kind of had my own stuff going on. Then there's Izzy. She's so cute. I've only known her for two hours, but I can't imagine she'd have a negative thought about anything. There's three boys. Chop, rating, slice. He doesn't even go to school. Chloe says he works down at some garage fixing cars or something. Finn's a bit of a grumpy sod. He's such an epic slice, but he massively knows it. And finally, Archie. Ultimate slice. Half geek, half rock god. So hot, he'd make a priest kick a hole in a stained glass window. In this scene, they have a really interesting lighting choice portrayal of the transition from the mental ward to real life. It's a jarring transition for Ray to go from this very sterile slash filled with pain environment to a pub where people are like, what's up, girl, or whatever, but with a British accent. And it ends with a food fight, and she feels very hopeful. And then the second one is she just decides to go to the pub on a hunch that they're there. Sure enough, they're there. And Chloe's like, oh, oops, didn't invite you. She did the thing where she's like, oh, it just happened. Which, again, I think it might have actually just happened. But the way that she said it was annoying to me. But also, then, like, just text her. Oh, but it's 1996. I know, but call her. Whatever. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Anyways, she shows up at the pub and manages to be chill. She leans on her knowledge of music. She puts a song on the jukebox and is like, see, I'm cool. 
I really liked that because I was like, yeah, fat girls totally choose their thing that they know about. And then they're like, look, I'm cool. I add value with this thing. Totally. They're like, yeah, sorry, I'm not hot, but I know everything about Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then we learned a lot about Ray in between those two social events and the preparation for the big social event of the episode, which is the pool party. So... Ray is supposed to write in her journal this whole time, and that is the narration and the hilarious voiceover for the episodes. And so that's kind of the framing of the whole thing that she has to write in this mad fat diary for her psych sessions. And as April said, in real life, she's like, oh, maybe. And then in her diary, she's like, I want to screw his brains out. And it's very it's so graphic. Funny. She's so funny. I think I love that that's the device of the show that we really just get to see how much she's holding back and what she's working through. There's so much sexual tension. She's like, yeah, psych stuff. Yeah, whatever. Just got to psych where blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm trying to fuck. Yeah. (laughs) So much of the show. I love it because there's so much shame about sexual desire or like teenage sexual desire is weirdly idolized or fetishized. Mm -hmm. This feels like a much more realistic portrayal to me of like, yeah, you don't know what you're doing, but you do want to have sex. But you're like, huh? Yeah, the mechanics. Sometimes she'll be doodling in her journal and you can tell it's not totally clear. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she just like wants it yeah which i love she at one point she talks about liking the boy that she likes and i remember having thoughts like this she says the three ways that she can imagine him liking her number one if he fetishizes fat women number two if there's an apocalypse and she's the only one left or number three if she makes him be fat so true just so like it's super sad but it's also like yeah i remember thinking stuff like that there's no way that a thin guy would like me. Mm-hmm. Or which, unless he had one of those reasons. Right. Yeah. Which isn't totally is not true. I'm sure there were guys who liked me. Yeah. Did I ever tell you about the time I was looking back at my yearbook from senior year and this guy who I was kind of friends with had written really small. He's like, I always liked you and I never said anything. Oh my God. I was like, what? Oh. I never knew. And yeah, you just don't even think to like interpret the weird stuff they're doing because no. it's like, why would you yeah, like exactly. me? <laughs> yeah. God. And so it's so wild. The other internal narration that I really enjoyed in this episode is when she has her flashback to being a child when she's about to go bathing suit shopping for the pool party. There was a time when I refused to wear anything other than a swimsuit. Will you help me get a pasty, please? You shouldn't eat too many of these to get fat. I don't care if I get fat. They taste nice. But if you get fat, you won't be able to wear a swimsuit and boys won't like you. don't like boys. And even if I did like boys, and I was fat, and I wore a swimsuit, they'd like me anyway. Why would they like you? Because I'm brilliant. I loved that little clip because I think it just perfectly shows like there really was that brief moment in time when I was like, whatever, I don't care. I have a specific photo of me as a six year old chubby as hell in a crop top. And I'm like, I'm cute. Who cares? I'm cute. <laughs> like Perfectly encapsulated that moment in time before society gets you and you're like, oh, I'm a fat monster. Yeah. And so it's little her being like, um, who wouldn't love me? And so I she's asked. just, yeah. I don't remember that time, honestly. It was brief for me. Yeah. I think I had it because my mom is always telling stories about me being very outgoing and wanting to perform as Mm -hmm. a little kid. But I can only consciously remember worrying about my weight already, Mm -hmm. which is like probably because as we found in my doctor records, doctors were telling me to lose weight since I was five. I'm pretty sure I always felt that way. But this conversation, I think, is so cute. And it's so not done in a schmaltzy way. Mm -hmm. I love it. 
this uh, current Ray kind of looks with longing to small yeah. Ray. She's yeah. like, oh, I wish I could get that back. Yeah. I feel like that's the thesis of the show. It's like, can I get back to that? Totally. Oh, it's such a good show, you guys. <laughs> um, okay, so after those two bar hangouts, Ray is ready to solidify her position in this friend group. You're like, great, Ray, you can do it. All you got to do is go to this pool party. And as Ray keeps saying, not be weird. Yeah, don't be weird. You don't want people to think you're weird. She's like, okay, this is the task. Yeah, so she, which is so important when you're 16, and then you become an adult, and everyone's like, what's your weird thing that, what? why should we hire you? And you're like, I don't know, you told me not to be weird for 26 years. My weird thing is, I I don't know, care too much. (laughs) (laughs) It's so messed up. So she and Chloe go swimsuit shopping for the party. She's already miserable. All fat girls are miserable going swimsuit shopping. It's the fucking worst. It's similar to jean shopping. It's like not just the image issues that you might have, but it's just uncomfortable to take stuff on and off all the time. And it's not going to fit with jeans. I'm like, oh, what point in my thighs is it going to stop? Okay, Uh above the knee? Great. (laughs) With swimsuits, I'm like, ugh. Oh my god, totally. Because I'm an apple shape, so for me with jeans, it's like either they fit my legs and they don't button, or they fit my stomach and their uh, skirt. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, so she's swimsuit shopping. Chloe's a fucking idiot and she's smoking a cigarette in the changing room. The like 90s, a little everyone. freak. The fire alarm goes off and the shopkeeper hustles them outside and Ray has to go outside in what she has on, which is just jeans and a bra. And it's a nightmare. And she has like a big floaty like, a, is it a turtle or a shark? Yeah, the shopkeeper's like, here, put this in front of you. It's like a big alligator It's floaty. an alligator. And everyone on the street starts screaming at her Jabba, like Jabba the Hut, And like, it's the most, especially for someone who's in such a sensitive position of like just leaving treatment, nothing worse could happen <laughs> than what happened to poor Ray. It's truly a nightmare. It's like a you have a nightmare about showing up without your pants on, but it happens to her. It actually happens. And your thin friend is there and she's like, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. Ignore them. Yeah. She's like, ignore like, them? Shut up. Ugh. Yeah. So after that, Ray has this like crisis of confidence in herself and she thinks she can't do it. She wants to run back to the inpatient treatment. She feels so much safer there. And the only time that she speaks her thoughts out loud instead of to her journal are when she visits after that incident and tries to talk to her friend Tix there in the bathroom. And when Tix comes in and talks to her and Ray tells her, I don't feel ready to live in the outside world. Tix freaks out and tells her that she's throwing her chance to start again and that essentially she needs to like knuck up and just do try. It. Because yeah. from Tix's perspective, she's way too sick to leave treatment anytime soon. And so she's like, You have an opportunity to go be in the world, just like give it a shot, see yeah. if you can be in person, and you're throwing it away. She kind of yells at her like she's being a coward, which yeah. I think Ray just needs tough love. She's that type bit. of person. Yeah. So it was good for her, but it's like, dang. Well, I think the people who need tough love are the ones who actually have what it takes if you like just shake them into it a little bit mm-hmm. and like Ray does have what it takes it's like tough love doesn't work if you're like, too fragile for it and I don't think she's that fragile but I really like this scene because it's a scene of tough love without being schmaltzy everyone in here is holding on to their lives by their fingertips Ray and you get given the chance to start again and you don't want it I don't like it out there no You don't like it anywhere because you don't like yourself. You better start doing. Because I've been trying to be more like you for months. And if there's no hope for you, then what hope is there for me? What if something bad happens? 
something really bad. I tried counting to ten and it didn't work. Then you put on your ray armor and you charge at it. So the pool party comes. She's scared as hell. She like walks in and immediately talks with her crush. Who's right Archie. There. Archie. Archie. I want Archie to eat me out for hours. <laughs> not with it's her bad. I'm really. I do. I just want to issue an apology. <laughs> All of our English and British. Um, I do apologize. Uh-huh. Um, so she talks with Archie, and he's like, "Dude, I'm also afraid of going in the water because I have a lot of back knee and like." Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I don't know if you remember from the clip of her saying she wants to fuck people from the beginning. She thinks his back knee is also sexy. Um, <laughs> he does not know that at this point. Yeah. But they make a deal to both go in the water together. So she has this like nice little moment of connection where she's like, oh, maybe even the hot people are like, nervous. She gets in the water. And things are going OK. And then she tries to go down the slide into the pool and disaster happens yet again she gets stuck in the slide Ugh! and while she's stuck everyone looks up and stares at her and realizes that she has cuts all over her legs some self-harm and so it's just this horrible moment where everyone's looking at each other and they all know and she didn't want them to know and she's stuck and she can't get out it's it's bad oh my god it's It's very bad it's like close-ups on her eyes she's like darting around looking around like where can i get help where can i get help it's so scary. It's like, what a nightmare. Like, you're all, literally every single one of her vulnerabilities is exposed. Her mental health struggles and she's fat. It's yeah. like everything all at once in front of the boy she likes. Ugh. But she manages to deal with it in this super impressive way. Chop. Yes, my dear. Come and use those big sponge bin buildings to prize the fat boy out this slide. <laughs> Not a problem, Ray. that moment made me really fall in love with her where I was like a lot of other shows would have made her just like run home crying yeah. it would have been like a whole thing mm-hmm. and instead this one believes in her and like lets her be like alright I'm gonna be funny I'm gonna be my like funny sarcastic self how am I gonna do it and she like does do it yeah that's the special thing about Ray is she's like which I kind of relate to this sentiment of like I don't know if this is gonna work out but I'm gonna at least try and yeah. if I fail at least I gave it a shot totally. so she's like who cares who's stuck <laughs> pull me into the pool this is great and like everybody buys it and everybody has such fun with her and they all connect and bond and like it worked yeah congratulations just, like, Ray so proud of her in that she's moment great. she's a real MVP yeah so that's the first episode I wanted to briefly touch on her relationship with food and how it's portrayed in this episode so as we mentioned and we'll put um, a content warning at the beginning of the show notes for this in case anyone looks at that before they start playing she does have binge eating disorder and that's what she was in inpatient treatment for and i found the way that they 
talk about it and portray it like really interesting and good. I think a lot of shows, especially like even like Degrassi type shows, when they portray it, they make they make all eating disorder things so like serious and also so like deal with it in one episode and it's done. Mm-hmm. And I really like how in this show it's like something she constantly deals with, but it's not like always there. Like she does, she has her life and she deals with this. Yes, totally. And every, every time she thinks about it, she has to make a decision and you see her make the choice and then continue on with her Which life. Which is what it's like. Totally. I totally respect that they did that on the show. Yeah. They, I really um, related to the way that like she knows the snacks are in the snack pantry. So like inside the snack pantry, there's like lights shining out from within to kind of represent like, oh, she knows it's in there. Because if you have binge eating disorder or if you have disordered eating that includes binging, you know that like binging feels great like you feel so good when you're just like eating 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 you feel terrible at the same time but it's like you don't do it because it it's bad you do it because you need a like stress relief and when she's stressed when she has her fight with her mom and calls her all those mean things and after she like is shoved out of a shop in her bra she like (sighs) is so tempted and so 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 tempted we see her like working through the strategies from her treatment, like counting to 10 and saying her little mantra, but she just doesn't trust them or herself. And she does have a binge and she is like so scared of it. And I really like, obviously, I don't want to see her suffer, but I like that that happens. And then we see her like, great, I stumbled and I'm going to keep going. I talk a lot about oh. mantras as like a way to deal with stuff. And it's so funny how clear the one that she has is like a therapy mantra it's like not something she wrote herself yeah totally she's just trying to implement she says like there's a difference between snacking and binging and i don't binge anymore she's just trying to like break out of it and i think what i respect about the character is she you can see her trying to work through the morality of it like she doesn't tell herself i'm bad after she has a binge she's just like i'm trying to get better how do i get better i'm trying to like get past this and live my life yeah she doesn't she doesn't spend the whole episode punishing herself for her mistakes she's just trying to figure stuff out she worries she can't do it but that's not the same it's like i don't think she uh hates herself no i think she thinks she's capable of change like she's like i'm gonna try because i think maybe i can do it I think that's the best trait a character can have. Like, yeah. you, there is no way to not root for Ray. No, totally. Like, we're going to figure this out, Ray. So, at the end of the episode, we see the conclusion of her therapy session from the beginning. The therapist, who I like that actor, he seems chill, mm-hmm. um, shares that his wife just left him. So, he's having a hard time too. He asks her why she hates therapy, and she's like, I hate this room. And so, he like picks up a piece of art and he's like, Do you hate this? And she's like, Yeah. <laughs> and then he throws it out the window, which is such a like, He's a cool therapist. He's not a regular therapist. <laughs> it's a little dead poet society, but it also is just like he's on her side. Yeah. Like he's like, don't get in your own way. We both want the same thing. And he earns her trust in that moment a little bit. Cause it's like the first day they're working together, she's like, I don't know about you. You have shit on your head. Yeah. And he's like, no, we're going to do this. Yeah. And he really, he nails it when she's like, well, what did you think of me when you first saw me? And he's like, I think you see yourself as fragile, but really you're tough. And it's like, yeah, yeah. you are, right? You can tough. pull it off. Yeah, not a lot of people would be like, pull me into the pool. Most people no, would, totally. would totally. She's incredible. Yeah. So overall, the first episode is like a really good introduction to the show. There's some shows where the first ep is like, you, you're like, just get through the first five. Mm-hmm. And like, the show is not like that. It's good for the beginning. And it just is like a very sweet and funny portrayal of a teenage girl who's fat, who's going through like eating disorder issues and trying to be a teenage girl and 
I just think it's so well put together and such a good balance of dealing with those issues while still being like fun and entertaining and funny. I think the show is incredible, especially if you like, I guess it's a period piece. It's like specifically 1996. Yeah. Like uh, her crush does a cover of Return of the Mac, an acoustic cover at some point. It's amazing. Which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. So I, I just appreciate like artistically speaking, the show really takes you on a journey and has a lot of creative ways of showing you what she's working through. I mean, also, I just feel like it's a thoughtful depiction of this person's experience. So I respect it. Totally. Yeah, what were what are your takeaways from this first episode? My takeaway, and I was like, when we're rewatching this, I'm like, wow, this is like my fifth time watching this pilot, and I still love it. Really? I just think my biggest takeaway is like, we get to see the layers of this person, a female character, Hello Hollywood, who is really written to contain multitudes and i just think that is so so unique whenever i'm watching stuff like this where it's like about a specific marginalized experience i think about there's this podcast called the nod shout out to the nod have you ever heard the nod they're good they're good they play a, a game on that show called good for the blacks where they like talk about a piece of media like sometimes it'll be scandal or something and then discuss whether or not it being a part of popular culture is good for the blacks oh my god so we should play good for the fat great okay just to reiterate race and fat are not the same thing they're not comparable obviously no no come on guys you're all smarter than that okay. but i think it's a good practice to think about like okay the show literally has fat in the yeah, title like how does any it, representation yeah. is not good representation no like, it's got to be good okay sure let's play the game so what do we do we just ask it you just ask it and you just talk about it yeah. all right i think yes <laughs> i think it's good i think yeah. it's good anytime there's like a fully fleshed out like sympathetic um fat character who doesn't like who who isn't um all about trying to get thin Mm -hmm. i think my biggest concern whenever i watch tv show about tv about fat people which is rare because you know not part of the media is like are we showing their experience or is this trauma porn? Like yeah. that's my, I feel like this is us does a little bit of that where it's just like the constant, like miserable because my body, I'm miserable because of my body and not showing any other parts of that person's life. But with the show, it's like, yeah, she does go through a lot of trauma, but we also see so much of the show is like about how she can overcome that with yeah. like those brief moments of like the worst things happening to her. You I know, think it's pretty accurate to her, to a teenager's experience mm-hmm. with this. Like, I think because there is it is hard to balance how overwhelming and like fully penetrating through your whole life that kind of thing is with like having other stuff happening. Mm -hmm. So I think it's like a fairly good attempt at portraying that. I also agree that it is good for the set. (laughs) Good. Okay, so (laughs) that's the meat of it for this week. We have fully analyzed and interpreted the pilot episode of My Mad Fat Diary. You're welcome. Here on She's All Fat, selling out is on our dream boards. This week, we're supported by our decongestants and our family group chats. So if you'd like to become a beloved advertiser and support us as well, just contact us via our website. Thanks. And 
now it's time to ask a fatty. If you want advice, you can send a voice memo of yourself asking a question to FYI at she's all fat You can record it on your computer or the voice memo app on your iPhone. Just keep it short about one minute max. Or if you're shy, you can send us a plain old email at FYI she's all fat And we might answer your question right here on the show. Today, we have our very first voice memo. Hello. My begging worked last week. You guys, I'm so excited to have your voices be a part of the show. Thank you so much, Carly, for being the very first person to send in your voice. Oh, my God. Okay. do it. Let's get into it. Here is Carly's question. My name is Carly. I have a relationship where, you know, I'm I'm a sort of like average sized person and my boyfriend, he's this like amazing plus size babe. So his name is Zach. He's a DJ. So he's kind of in the public eye somewhat. And he's also in the public eye for being like super body positive and spreading all those body posy vibes everywhere. And, you know, like most body posy people. I mean, he has those days where he doesn't feel, you know, as attractive as other days. We all have those kinds of days, right? (laughs) And I'll know it's one of those days when out of the blue, like totally randomly, he asked me something like, do you think I'm sexy or would you be more attracted to me if I looked like insert famous person here, you know? So I guess my question is, uh, like, is there any way you would recommend answering those questions? I know it sounds kind of funny, but like I answer them. Obviously, I'm always like, yeah, no, I I love you just the way that you are and blah, blah, blah. But sometimes I wonder, like, am I supporting him enough? Like, does he really understand that I am attracted to him and that it's not like, you know, it's not some fat fetish or anything like that. I just love him for who he is. But yeah, just any advice would be really amazing. And thanks. Thanks so much. Thank you for sending in that letter, Carly. Truly made April's week. She was so happy to get a voice memo. I've been begging for them for a month. Um, And we're so excited for this particular question, especially after last week. We were talking about how it kind of like mirrors our discussion last week with Hannah and her boyfriend. Yeah, totally. Um, It's so cool to hear it from the other side and be like, oh, this is like a a woman or femme partner trying to figure out how to support her male partner. I think like a couple things come up in this for me. Number one, like it's always good for us to be reminded to talk about how fatness and like thin culture affects men or masculine people as well. Um, This is a space like primarily for like targeted to femme and women, femme people and women. Um, but that doesn't mean that like everyone else isn't welcome for sure, especially because it, a thin culture hurts everyone. Mm -hmm. So I think like chubby or fat guys face totally different issues than chubby or fat women. Like male beauty ideals are so, especially like straight male beauty ideals are so like, strict in a very different way and like men are mean to each other in very different ways from women you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so i feel like it's hard for us to totally understand his experience um that being said we can definitely offer some like opinions about how you could support him um yes i think to start a pet peeve of mine is like I love you despite your whatever. Yeah. And, I, and I don't think that you're doing that. But I think that's always important to notice. Like, if he's asking for that reassurance, just be like, yeah, I'm super into you because of who you are. The whole picture. I love that whole thing. Yeah. Especially because I think it's I think it's hard for men to ask for that, especially straight men or men in a straight presenting relationship to ask for that kind of reassurance because it's like seen as 
very unmasculine to be insecure or to ask for validation in that way. Um, and I think that shows that like, if, you know, I don't know your boyfriend, but, it, but if he feels like he can say that to you, then that shows that he like has a lot of trust in you mm-hmm. and, it, and he has a lot of trust and security in your relationship, which is awesome that he can be like open with his feelings and his fears. Um, and I think it's awesome that you're like wanting to figure out how to best support him. I think this is like a very good platform. Congratulations, by the way, on having a boyfriend who knows how to talk about his feelings and needs. Yeah, oh my god, uh, super rare. Congrats on your unicorn. <laughs> like, please enjoy. What the hell? Yeah, I mean, I think um, one thing would be like maybe you could have a conversation with him. I don't know if this if he would want to do this, but if you could have a conversation with him about like you know where his where his body insecurities are placed. If it's like, does he have insecurities related to like? masculine body ideals is he into like self-love body positivity stuff or is is it like specifically related to your relationship is it like love languages stuff like we talked about last week does he need more validation in some way and it's like just coming up in his head as easiest to talk about in terms of like physical appearance validation you know like what's really underneath this question he's asking you um and and also like one thing I was thinking about is um, one thing that can help in these sort of situations is if you talk about it, you figure out like, oh, so when you're asking me that, what you're really asking is X. Like if it's like, oh, it means I'm having like a body insecurity day and like, I just want to feel like you're attracted to me like I'm sexy. If you can be like, great. So what makes you feel sexy when I, when I say it, if you're like, let me figure out a phrase I'll say every time. And then it doesn't even have to be a thought. If you can be like, do you like how do you think I look today or whatever? And you're like, you're my sexy boyfriend, like, and I love your butt and your beard or like totally. whatever. Yeah, you just have to ask for the tools because I think everybody once they do that work to figure out what they need, they'll know it, and as soon as they can share that with you, it'll just make things easier on both sides, and yeah. you feel like you're really serving the relationship. I wonder if part of your question though is about because you mentioned that you are a straight size, so I wonder if part of your question is that you're worried about. Um, trying to tell him he's attractive to you without accidentally saying something hurtful or bad, Mm -hmm. which I think April was touching on a little bit earlier with the like, don't say I love you despite. So I think like that's a super valid way to approach this. I think that a good tip as far as trying to navigate how to be in this mixed weight relationship <laughs> well <laughs> i feel like that's a buzzfeed article i've definitely read oh my God. um it's just uh try not to think of his body as something that needs fixing or apologizing for at all so um i think he just needs reassurance that it's the whole pie the whole picture that you're here for yeah and so and again it will help when you're like what specifically can i tell you to make you feel better but i think it's just important to remember that like uh you you love the person inside and the person outside and he needs to hear that sometimes yeah especially not in the fetishizing way that you said that was your concern so it's hard it's like finding a balance between i love you for who you are not in a fetishizing way and not in a not fetishizing way i mean honestly (laughs) i think like uh fetishizing really only comes across when it's someone who doesn't know you like or or if you say or if you connect someone to like a broader faceless crowd Mm -hmm. so as long as you're not like you're my like favorite of the fat bearded men i like you know what i mean i think you're probably fine if you're like i like this specific aspect because it's you totally 
And I also think the fact that you're even asking this question and trying to be thoughtful about how to deal with it shows that, first of all, so envious of you guys' relationship. That's so sweet. It sounds so beautiful. And I think that that's all you can do is just try to be open about where you might be lacking because of your experience as an average size person and just ask him for what he needs directly. Totally. I wonder if you would feel comfortable asking him, like, if you're worried about you know, saying something that feels bad in that way could when you're having, I think the important thing that we've talked about is just this conversation. And if during that conversation, you could say, would you feel comfortable letting me know if I say something that makes you feel bad? Mm -hmm. Because that can be hard to do if, especially if you feel like your partner is trying to meet your needs and then, but they're doing it in a way that hurts you. It can be hard to figure out how to say that. So if you can like leave that door open, I feel like there's, that's really above and beyond, you know, if you could be like, hey, let's try all these things. And if they feel bad, let me know. And we'll try a different thing. Like, I think just being the most important thing in relationships is just like communication and consistency. Just being like, let's talk about it. Let's try it. And if it doesn't work, we'll go back to the drawing board. Because like, I'm here together with you. And like, we're gonna do it together. That's it. You're just trying to figure it out together. And you've made a commitment to respect and honor what he needs in his body. And I think that's all you can do. You're doing your best. Thank you so much. We are going to link her boyfriend's Instagram in our um, yeah, bio or in our body pause show babe. notes. He's very cool. Um, get into it and please let he's us know how this goes. Oh my god, yeah, everybody wants he a cool like DJ a cool boyfriend. DJ. Yeah, he looks awesome. <laughs> um, please keep us posted on how these conversations go and give us a follow up, and we'll let everybody else know yeah. how you're doing. Thanks for asking, Carly, and thank you, honestly, to Hannah and to Carly for showing everyone um, how to consciously and conscientiously approach relationships. I'm like so impressed by everyone being so like thoughtful i'm sure it's really making me reconsider my no boyfriends 2k forever rule (laughs) all the resources we mentioned in this week's ask a fatty will be in our episode notes as well as a tag to carly's body pause babe dj boyfriend thanks carly Now let's move on to It's Okay, You Can Ask, my least favorite segment, where I ask April about stuff black people do, and she asks me about what white people do, and it's fine because we have each other's explicit, explicit permission, and April thought of it. (laughs) We'll find out the answers to burning questions like, what does Beyonce snatched my wig mean? Or, why do white people let dogs sleep in bed with them? Let's get this over with. Great! (laughs) So, Soph. Yeah. You're white, and I'm black. Uh Uh-huh. Um, so I just need an explanation for the following sentence, just something that I've heard from a couple different white women. And I'd love for you to provide some context. All right. I don't care if you're black, white, purple, polka dot, rainbow, orange. We're all people and we're all members of one race, the human race. My question is, and again, this doesn't apply to you. I've never heard you say this. Why do white, where did this come from? Who told white women to start saying this? Why do they continue to say this? And what can we do to get them to shut the fuck up? Please help me. Like, okay. please. Um, all right. And who's striped? <laughs> please tell I... me. 
I don't care if you're I purple. I hate that because, like, purple people aren't getting killed by the police is Thank all I you. have to say. Thank you. But, like, I just, I really hate that, especially when, like, I see it a lot in, like, the women only that tend to be very white women only, like, Facebook groups that I'm in where people try to call other people out and then they'll be like, I don't care if you've got a rainbow face, a polka dot net, like, whatever. <laughs> like, it's not talking about it because it's so, like, clearly misunderstanding that, like, racism is not about people looking at other people and being like i do not like the shade of your skin blatantly i'm saying that therefore i'm treating you worse Mm -hmm. like that's not what racism is like sometimes it is sometimes it's super blatant like that but most of the time it's like ingrained deep cultural blah blah and i don't really understand why like you i've seen it mostly in facebook groups in response to call outs for like tone policing or um like people will be like, that's violence in response to someone being like gaslighting or something like Mm -hmm. that. And then white women will be like, you're bullying me. And like, I don't care if you're like pink or whatever. And I'm like, I don't understand. Like, do you not understand like what, how racism exists in the world must, must be it. Like, I I think it's a simplistic understanding of what racism is. But also like that specific sentence structure, like it's gotta be taught somewhere, right? Where is this coming from? There is a type of self-congratulatory statement that is said like that. Mm. We don't treat anyone differently based on their color. Oh, okay. Places I've seen it shared, quote unquote, positively, as in like not in a fight, Mm. is from like meme pages where it's like share for a smile or whatever. And then it'll be like a back, a meme, like a a colored background, like a rainbow or like pink or something. And then in words, it'll be like... Like, every color of the world deserves respect. Well, that just to me sounds the whole, like, I don't see color. Yeah. Uh, That's what I think it is. We're still doing this? Honestly, the thing that keeps coming up in my head is that I wasn't taught in school, in elementary school, for sure. And not until I was in high school and, like, read about, like, the actual government policies about it that you start to learn about, like, you know, like... Amer- white Americans coming and killing Native Americans because in early years it's so phrased as like the Native Americans were happy and like moved over they for wanted everyone. To share. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it's like slaves were like brought. Sometimes people were mean to slaves, and sometimes they were part of the family, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Where where I feel like it's a unwillingness to face the like brutal realities of race in this country that leads to that kind of. Um, wanting to prop yourself up because it's such a like your head's above water and you're sinking and you're like i'm not bad i'm not bad i'm not bad i'm not bad Ooh, whiteness is a hell of a drug you guys <laughs> it really is like i'm sorry i don't have like a i'm like i'm not like oh yeah we pulled out the white psalm book no I, said, know that, like, I mean that's the fun of this game is i know there's no answer <laughs> but i'm genuinely because we just had such different upbringings i wonder if really what are white people saying to each other like where are these ideas coming yeah. from I don't know. I think it, I think it is hard for white women, especially to like um, understand and agree that they are also either perpetrating and or like just benefiting from white supremacy. It's truly indicative that my question was like, is there a word for when white black women just get tired of us? And yours is like, why do you use this specific phrase to keep us down <laughs> or just like, to like demonstrate uh <laughs> pure ignorance <laughs> like i, I mean, want to know it is i want to know why um yeah. you guys tweeted us if you've ever said this and uh tweet me or apology that's what <laughs> i want <laughs>
If you're a white woman listening and you're like feeling defensive, I would just encourage you to sit with that defensiveness. I feel defensive all the time. And then I try to like work through it. You can tweet at me. Don't tweet at the show. Tweet at me or message me on Instagram. And like, I'll try to send you some resources and help you talk through it because it is hard when you realize like, oh, like I've been doing bad things or like, oh, um, people who look like me and who are like benefiting me have done bad things. So I get it, but like, don't say it anymore. Okay. Thank y'all. And that's our show. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the stuff we mentioned today. And don't forget to send us your questions via email or voice recording to FYI at she's Please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super important in making sure people find the show. If you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the pod next week. She's All Fat is created, produced, and hosted by us, Sophie Carter-Khan and April K. Quio. We are an independent production. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash she's all fat pod. When you pledge to be a supporter, you'll get all sorts of goodies and extra content. This week, we're posting more information, resources, and readings about fat starring TV shows and also about how not to be racist just for our Patreon supporters. Our music was composed and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Our website was designed by Josie Fish, and our logo is by Britt Scott. This episode was mixed and edited by Victor D. Jackson. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handles are at Cheese All Fat Pod. Bye! think i meant i don't know i i guess i thought gum because you oh. buy a lot of gum do i buy a I was, lot of I gum i was wondering if yeah, you, show up, I've known you show up with like a coffin shaped box full of gum my mom gave me a suitcase full of gum she worked hard for that suitcase full of gum planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.